Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio at Crossway Church on this beautiful Friday morning, August the 18th, 2023. We're about to get into our Second Peter chapter 1 Bible study. This will be part 7 today, so I encourage you to get your Bibles if you can, maybe even a pencil and paper. Get ready to write down a few notes today. The Lord will surely attempt to pour his spirit of truth into our hearts so that he can guide us into more truth. He is pouring out today, pouring out of his spirit. And in, in, in this great spirit of God is being poured out and, and guiding us into all truth. When he's able to get us back to the place where we can learn, which is where we deny self, take up our cross to follow him, then he can pour so much truth into our hearts that he will literally enlarge our hearts to fill them with who he is. And he will guide us into, meaning the experience of, more truth. He says all truth, and I'm looking forward to that even today as he will attempt to fill our hearts with the truth of who he is and what he's done for us and all this the glorious benefits of knowing our Savior and walking with Him. It's been a great study. I, I loved First Peter, and now that we're in Second Peter, it's uh, it's turned and has a little bit different focus on it. First letter of Peter was all focused on suffering, every bit of it. No matter what he talked about, it was brought back to the context of suffering for Christ, the name of Christ for righteousness. And here more so in the second letter, at least where we are now, he is uh, concerned with uh, teaching us the, the characteristics, learning how we experience the very life of Christ that's in us as Christians now that we experience by living by his faith, the faith of the Son of God that loved us and gave himself for us. And the characteristics is what we're going to look at here today, the very life of Christ in manifestation, not only in us, but through us. And that's what he's looking for. He's looking, our God is looking for the fruit of what we say we believe. Saying we believe something doesn't really mean we do. But when there's manifest, manifest fruit, then it's, 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 it's a manifestation of what we believe. We, we don't just believe in the heart. We confess with the mouth. The Bible teaches that's the spirit of faith. But we get into this. It's going to be really, really good today as the Lord, again, he is going to bless us. So before we dig in, make sure you know that the dates for the determined camp meeting this year, October the 5th through the 8th in Palestine, Texas at Christ Community Church where pastors Clint and Lindsey Bass are the pastors there. And it's just been a marvelous, a marvelous, this will be 10 years of, of uh, ex attending these determined camp meetings. And uh, it's just all about the cross, all about the cross, learning to become determined to know nothing else, learning to become aware of our God trying us, as he says he does, moment by moment. And it's just, I'm telling you, I, there's never been anything like it in my Christian life, and there, there won't ever be, according to the scriptures, 
a greater place than, than walking in the light in which our Lord is in, and that's the light of his righteousness that we learn about through no other avenue except the preaching of the cross. So again, you can check out our, our, our Facebook pages and different things on Facebook. Christ Community Church has a Facebook page. You can check out Curtis Hutchinson or Pastor Curtis Facebook page. You'll see the dates there and even on this uh, broadcast later if you go look at it on YouTube you'll see that the advertisement will be placed on the screen and all the speakers will be listed there the exact times they'll be ministering and it's a, a Thursday night through a Sunday night about somewhere around 14 ministers will be ministering, and uh, I, I tell you folks, you, you don't want to miss it. It's not going to be streamed live. It'll be later published at some point, but you really want to be there if the Lord is stirring your heart and teaching you the scriptures in the light of the cross. This is one camp meeting that you will talk about from now on. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. This is one camp meeting you will talk about from now on. Because when God is able to bring his people back to a focus of the slain, buried, and resurrected lamb, back to the focus of Christ crucified, as he, he is able to bring his people back, gathering together to him around the sacrifice, there is, God does some amazing things, and he's promised to. He's promised to because he forbids that we be found glory, be found by him glorying in anything other than the cross. So I'll see you October the 5th through the 8th. And not only then, but I'll be in Palestine, Texas, not this Sunday, but the next Saturday night and Sunday morning. So if you're anywhere near Palestine, Texas, come on out on the 26th and 27th of this month here a week after this not this weekend but next and it just let's just enjoy the presence of God and the word of God and the fruit of our God hallelujah i'll see you there second peter chapter 1 let's get in this this morning and let's read verse 5 and then we want to look at some things here and beside this giving all diligence add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, let's keep reading, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Now, let's go back up. These things are, we're being told to be added to our lives, to our uh, to our fruit, our basket of fruit, uh, we're to be experiencing these things. But it says in verse 5, and I want to read this the way it really is rendered here, but also for this very reason, be found giving all diligence. And let's talk about this morning, this, this morning, because to, we're, we're told here to be found giving. Think about that word, giving, giving ourselves to all diligence, giving ourselves to this place, all diligence. And, and I, want to, I want to show you this morning 
what this word diligence means because this is what we're giving ourselves to. Watch very carefully. It means the first definition of of this word is speed, diligence. It, it doesn't mean it, the first definition is speed. Diligence is speedy. Very speed with speed, we want to see the, this fruit in our lives. But it also means an eagerness, an earnestness to to be earnestly eager in a hurry, literally. In, in a hurry to see this, this fruit of Christ by his spirit in our lives. That's what, that's what this means. But the, the avenue through which this takes place, and you have to go back to what this, the correct rendering, and beside this, the actual rendering there is, uh, and because of all this, if I could get this to come up, but also for this very reason, what very reason? And besides this, besides what? And because of this reason, what reason? Well, let's back up and look. Because now, in verse 4, we're able to, not automatically do we, but we're able to partake of the divine nature, which is the nature of the Lamb, if we're experiencing by faith in the sacrifice of Christ because that's the divine power. The divine power, that means the power of the divine one, the power of God that our God says is the preaching of the cross. The power of God is the preaching of the cross because through that, if if our heart accepts that and we, here it comes, give, yield ourselves to that form of doctrine, then initially we're freed from sin and made servants of righteousness. But after the initial salvation and after initially becoming servants of righteousness, Romans chapter 6, let's go there and look at this, verses 16 through 19 speak of a, a place where our hearts are yielded. Listen, listen, child of God, unless you and I are learning to moment by moment yield to the truth of the cross, then the characteristics of Christ are going to just be us working hard and trying to do things to make it happen. But we don't work hard for the characteristics of Christ to be manifest. We don't work hard to make them happen. We, you know, we, we've been in that category before because we used to say, we no longer do, but we used to say, well, I'm trying the best I can. Well, it's not about trying and it's not about the best we can. It's about the finished, completed, and perfect work of Jesus Christ that took place on Calvary's cross. And when our hearts remain yielded there, giving ourselves, giving all diligence, giving means you got to be given of yourself to this place of diligence, this place of speed, this place of earnest eagerness to see the characteristics of your Savior manifest in your life. Now, first of all, we know we can't just read this and it happened. 
we know we have to understand the truths given to us concerning the death of Jesus, the cross of Christ, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, us who are alive, the Holy Spirit is always delivering unto the death of Jesus. And he tells us why in 2 Corinthians 4.11 that we might manifest the life of Jesus even in these mortal bodies. That's what we're talking about here in Peter. That's what's being written here. But let's go back to, to Romans chapter 6 and just uh, about four verses here this morning because giving all diligence means giving of ourselves to this very way. And, and there's only one place you and I can be found yielded in giving ourselves to, and it's not, it's not to love. I don't wake up today and say, I'm going to love everyone today. No, I'm not. That, lo, listen, I, I, I don't, listen, the only choice I've got and decision I need to make is that I'm going to yield myself moment by moment to that form of doctrine that freed me from the sin nature, its dominion in my life because I was brought under grace, delivered from being under law. And I don't just choose to love and choose to forgive. I choose to keep my faith in the one, Jesus Christ, and what he did at Calvary so that his forgiveness can flow through me. His love can flow through me. And all these characteristics of Christ that Peter wrote about that he perfected in his life, you and I can experience. But not because we work hard or declare we're going to, but because we're yielded. And the yielded place is at Calvary. It's never anywhere else. The place we first yielded is the only place we surrender to God. We're not surrendered to God by going to church or by finally reading our Bible. That's, those are good things to be doing and very scriptural. Amen. Matter of fact, it's a sin not to be students of the word and not to be planted in a local church. But that's not the place of surrender. The cross of Christ is where he surrendered, and his surrender is my surrender. I have no surrender unless my faith is in what he did to surrender his life for me, to be able to surrender to God through faith in him. Hallelujah. So watch Romans 6, 16 through 19. And the Bible says, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves, servants to obey his servants you are to whom you obey whether it's of the sin nature unto death and this is written to christians or of obedience that's christ's obedience unto righteousness but god be thanked that you were the servants of sin that means the sin nature but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you that was the gospel, and this is how we know it was the message of the cross. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as you have yielded, 
your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield, Christians yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. Do you get that? Do, do you understand that? That there's only one yielded place, one surrendering place, and that's when I deny myself, take up my cross. If I don't understand that, listen, all the Christians who do not even know what it means to take up your cross, they cannot surrender to the Lord. They think that them doing something or no longer doing something is their surrendering to the Lord. And there's only one place that you surrendered to God to be born again. And that was with a believing heart, a yielded heart, unto what Jesus did in his death on the cross. That was the work of righteousness that you believed unto. God says in Romans 6, we just read it, that you obeyed. It's that form of doctrine you yielded your heart to, to believe it. And things will not change for the Christian after that. And what I'm talking about, what won't change is the yielding place. So when we see here in verse 5 of 2 Peter chapter 1, and beside this and because of this, give, be found by God, giving all diligence, all eagerness and earnestness, being earnest, to be found seeing these things listed added to your added to your faith and it's not just add to your faith virtue but it it takes faith to have knowledge added to your virtue and it takes faith to have uh, temperance added to knowledge none of these things are added without our being diligently giving of ourselves in surrender being yielded to the truth that saved us. How do I know that? How can I prove that? Again, because if you back up to verses 3 and 4, you read that all of this is according as his divine power has given unto us all things. All what? The, all these things that we need to have in our lives, hallelujah, that pertain to life and godliness. And and. In verse 4 says uh, that by these great and precious promises that we might be partakers, we might be, if we understand we have to remain yielded to the truth of Christ crucified. That's why Galatians 6.14 tells us, God, God says he forbids you boast in anything other. That means he forbids you trust in anything other, that you be found by him at any moment trusting in anything else, not the words you speak, not the money you give, not your church attendance for 50 years, not your ministry, not you You and I, are. we're not called to trust in anything but in Christ, the very place we first trusted. And when we trusted in Christ, meaning in his death, the Holy Spirit immersed us into the place of trust. Get that. The Holy Spirit immersed us into the death of Jesus, Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Don't you know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ have been baptized into his 
death. That's what we were immersed into. Why? Because it's the only true place of faith. It's the only true place of yielding, surrendering, giving all diligence to maintain my faith in the death of Jesus because only there will I find my unity and my union with my Savior. Not in some song, not in the lifting of my hands, not in dancing, not in not in anything other than my faith from the heart. Listen, not me saying, of course, I believe in the cross, but my heart yielded to that truth. I begin to learn the scriptures in the light of that truth because there is no light that shines from the scriptures except in the, in the knowledge of the glory of the gospel that reflects only in the face of Jesus Christ, meaning what he did at Calvary. I hope you understand these things. If not, I hope you're writing these scriptures down. Because if you don't know these great truths and you're not ground in, in sound doctrine, let me just say this. The child of God is only sound in his relationship and fellowship. And I mean now in this life, I'm talking about the experience of all that we've been given. We're only as sound as our doctrine. And if we, if we get, if we get, faith wrong, then there is no experience of grace because there's no one ounce of grace that comes except through faith. Everything in our lives is by grace through faith. And by grace means what the spirit of grace, who is God, is doing in our lives. Listen, he requires faith. He requires that he finds the faith of the Son of God in our lives. Remember, the only reason that Jesus would heal people and then tell them, go your way, your faith, your faith has made you whole, is because they came to him trusting in him and what he was doing by grace through faith, through his faith. We don't have anything that's not the Lord Jesus Christ first. We're joint heirs of the grace that he tasted death by. We're joint heirs. The Bible says in Galatians 2.20 that the life we live now after being born again in this flesh body, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. Think about that. We have nothing unless it's Christ's, whatever it is, in manifestation. Amen. Lost people can, can give diligence to, uh, to see virtue and some type of knowledge and some type of temperance and self-control, but it takes the spirit of the living God, the spirit of truth and grace to bring about these characteristics of my Savior, but he can't do that. He can't do that unless I'm giving giving myself to this place of eager earnestness to see these things, when, how? By my faith being in the divine nature, What I mean the divine power, meaning what Christ did at Calvary, because that's how I partake of the divine nature, and only as I'm partaking of the divine nature, 
Am I experiencing the divine power? But the good news is, as I'm experiencing the divine power, I get to watch the Holy Spirit add to my faith. This measure of faith I've been given, this like precious faith that I have obtained through the righteousness of God, I get to watch the Holy Spirit add faith to my life. Do you know the beauty of this work of sanctification, if you ever find the place that it happens, which is faith in the sacrifice of Christ alone, outside of that, all the schemes and fads that men creep into the church with, they only, what they bring, only if we go for that, if we take the bait of all that, that distracts us from glorying in the cross alone, it removes us from the very Spirit of grace that's trying to do this very work. We've actually been seduced so bad here in the last of the last days, so seduced that we'll make excuses for these fads that creep into the church. Oh, yes, the cross, but these things, God uses these too. No, these, all those things other than the cross of Christ distract us from the cross. And instead of our view enhancing of the slain lamb, it is being diminished. And Peter will say that here in a little bit in this very chapter, that you'll go blind. You as a Christian can go blind. If if this is not happening in our lives, we have gone blind. If these things are not in our lives and taking place and abounding, it's because the Holy Spirit is not allowed to work. He's not allowed to work. Do you understand that? And I want to say something about sanctification. Sanctification is not something mystical and magical. The very work of the Holy Spirit transforming us into the very image of Christ, meaning the image of who he was as the lamb on Calvary's cross, that that humble and obedient, perfect man who was trusting wholeheartedly in the, the, the Father, His Father who only judges righteous judgment. Listen, while you are trusting in that work, while you are trusting in that work, you get to see it as in a mirror these very things the Holy Spirit is adding to your life. You get to watch the transformation process of your God sanctifying you by his spirit, by his truth in your life. It's a beautiful picture in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Let's look at it since the Lord brings it up. Let's look at it. It's beautiful. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all with open faith, no more veil because now we're back to beholding the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. This doesn't talk about just being born again. This talks about those who give themselves with all diligence to to remain yielded to this truth so that they can see that with eager anticipation, with with an eagerness, an earnest eagerness, the Holy Spirit at work in their lives. Once they find out the truth of where he works and how he works, hallelujah, watch the beauty of what can happen for every child of God, what they can see, what they can behold in the very process of being sanctified by our faithful God. Watch this. But we all with open face, 
<laughs> Nothing blocking the view of what we're about to see. Watch. Beholding as in a glass. That word means mirror, a reflection. Hallelujah. The glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, we know what this glorious image is that we're beholding. It's that which removed the... <laughs> it's that which removed the veil, hallelujah. It's that form of doctrine you yielded to that removed the veil and you were born again. Your eyes were open and now you can behold the slain lamb who has received everything to be able to distribute it to you, to add it to your life. And you can watch this as in a reflection, in a mirror. But you've got to be beholding the lamb, my friend. You've got to be beholding the life-changing Lamb of God and what took place on Calvary's tree. You've got, you can't be decreeing and declaring all this. And boy, I come out of all that. I come out of all the, man, Christians will pay to, to just have this and that and all these things decreed over them and ain't none of it happening. Ain't none of it happening without faith in the sacrifice. That's why God says you better not be found boasting in nothing but the cross and his minister, let me say that again, his ministers are ministers of righteousness that are declaring what He's declaring, which is his righteousness. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. You can watch what he's doing. You can watch what he's doing to you as he's doing it. Praise God. Hallelujah. But it'll cost you. It'll cost you everything. It'll cost you everything this old world's promising you. It'll cost you everything this old world is promising you. But the sooner you realize you're not of this world and you're leaving this world very soon and you're not taking anything with you of this world, all oh, the better off you'll be. When you start living with one eye on the Lamb and one eye on the coming judgment seat of Christ, Oh, you're gaining ground then, my friend. You're gaining ground then. You're changing. Have you ever noticed that those that are found in this process of progress, have you ever noticed how those who have this eager earnestness, this with speed and great anticipation, to see more of Christ in their life. They, they want to talk about the Lord. They want to talk about the scriptures. They, they want to talk about these great things. And, and, and have you ever noticed how they're, they're off in a corner over there because nobody else, nobody else really, not, not, I don't say nobody, but very, very few. Think about it. If you're at school and you're trying to talk about the Lord and scriptures, you're going to be looked at awful funny and you, people are going to get away from you. If you're on your job and at break time or, or, or at lunch time and you're wanting to talk about the Lord and the scriptures, people, people, people go, oh, they're going to they make a new break area over there where you aren't at, except for those who are hungry and humble and glad to be hearing about the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember years ago, won't call the name of the church here in our area, but we were in it when we were looking for a church in between before we started Crossway Church. And, and we were in a church and the men, they were going to have a, 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 a few hours at the lake 
uh, together, a cookout, and, 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 and just to get together. And we, and we went. We had just been visiting this particular church for a couple of weeks, and, and, uh, and uh, we, I went with the men to, to the lake that night, sitting around the fire, and I was literally ablaze in my heart for the truth. I could not get enough. I wanted to hear more. I wanted to share what little I knew. I wanted people to share with me what they knew. I was what we call on fire for God. And I want you to know, sitting around that fire, I'd try to bring up scripture and they'd shut me down. I'd try to bring up the Lord and they'd shut me down. Now this was the men's Sunday school class. Think about it now. And and I, somebody'd say something, and and we get to talking, and I, I, and so the Lord, the Lord was using me to bring scripture, trying to put scripture out there. Nobody wanted. There was probably twenty plus men there. Nobody wanted to talk about the Lord, and it reminded me of another time on the job when I was talking about the Lord and scriptures, and some man come up to me and said, "Son, what do you think this is? Sunday school?" And I said, no, sir, it's Tuesday school. And uh, it's amazing. It's not only at school, in the workplace, in the supermarket, but a lot of times it's among faithful to be at church people that they don't have an eager earnestness to learn the truth, to want more, to see more of Christ in their lives. They'll go to church, they'll do their duties, but they don't really, they're not eager and with great anticipation and, and diligence to see Christ adding the characteristics of who he is to their lives. And, and how do I know this? By what I just shared with you. Plus, if the message of the cross begins to be preached, People in the church seem to run from that focus instead of becoming determined to know nothing other than Christ and Him crucified, which is the only thing you can be hearing for these things to be added to your life. Listen, even hearing the stories of what Jesus did in His life and ministry on the earth, if you don't hear about the cross, there's no avenue of impartation. There's no avenue of impartation. Listen, I've said this for years, but what's the woman with the issue of blood got to do with you? That was her then. You're here now. And the only connection that's common from her between her and you is Jesus. And your only touch upon him is not some make-believe vain imagination, your touch by faith, your yielding place to him is your heart believing unto the death he died for you. There's where you get it all. There's where you're hidden with him. Hallelujah. There's where you're hidden with him from this old world. There's the only place Listen, there ain't nobody running around boasting of Christ and Him crucified and nothing else except those who are experiencing as Christians their hiding place in Him. Everybody else is reaching outside of that. They're not abiding in Him as they think they are. Oh, my goodness. Now, this message will offend the religious. It'll offend those who are working hard and preaching all these other things out there. It'll, it's the, the message of the cross is an offensive message 
But the only thing it offends is pride. I want, you, I want to say that again. The message of the cross and those who are determined to preach nothing but Christ and Him crucified is offensive. But the only thing it offends is prideful flesh. Everybody else who hears the, 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 the truth of Calvary's cross, if they're walking in humility, will be found glad to hear it and rejoicing. Hallelujah. Amen. There are people now making up excuses and, and, and saying ugly things about people who were like Paul, determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified. There are people who are trying to make excuses farther leaven instead of warning against leaven. I won't hear that now. Be careful of those who are making excuses and disregarding and running from the topic of leaven, which is mixture, be, be aware of the difference between those who are making excuses for leaven and those who are warning against it. Amen. Leaven is a mixture. Mixture is anything that comes in and is not pointing to Christ, boasting in the cross. That's mixture. Anything that's not boasting in the cross is mixture. And only the, the offended, prideful flesh will kick against it tooth and nail all the way to the finish line. I'd rather be shouting the high praises of God through faith in the sacrifice of Christ than making excuses for why we, we you know, all these determined people, all, they got excuses for why they're not determined, excuses to why they're allowing leaven all the way to the finish line. Hallelujah. Don't think for a minute that you and I cannot be deceived and move away from a place of being determined, a place of diligently seeking more of Christ in our lives. But it won't happen, my friend. It will not happen without our partaking of the divine power of God through our tasting of the divine nature of God, which is that of the Lamb and His finished and perfect work at Calvary. So let's read on to this. Let's read this. I'm not going to get into all these things about adding to your faith. You know, that's we could get into each one of these. Adding to your faith, that measure that you were given, that measure of faith you were dealt, Romans 12, 3, that Peter says we obtained through the righteousness of God. And it's not, a, 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 nobody has a larger measure. And nobody has a smaller measure. Peter said, we've obtained like precious faith. It's all alike. It's the measure of faith. It's measured out of the faith of the Son of God. And the only thing that can be, at, the only way, the only avenue through which these characteristics and the fruit of who Christ is can be added to our lives is if we have our faith right, meaning in the right object. I'm doing a new series. I'll probably be doing it on uh, Thursday mornings or at some point during the week. You can look for them on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, and they're titled Overflow. But the topic is One Faith. 
There's only, you may have never heard this, but my Lord, you need to. There's only one faith, Ephesians 4, 5. And if there's only one faith, that means there's only one object. If there was more than one faith, then there'd be more than one object. But because there's one faith, there's only one object, and there's only one avenue through which faith comes. The one faith, Ephesians 4, 5, is the, the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us, Galatians 2, 20, and that faith only is obtained whenever it comes, not just initially, but it's obtained and functions only as it comes through the righteousness of God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, we can do nothing. That means even have faith without Jesus, John 15, 5. You can do nothing, no thing without me. He's talking about without faith in who he is and what he did on the cross. Nothing. So don't tell me we can get up and preach a message without bringing God's redemption plan in it. If you're not touching that, you're not ministering reconciliation and you're using God's word of reconciliation out of context only to preach and teach a knowledge that could only puff up instead of a knowledge that could humble and be found with these things being added to our lives. Again, those who get offended at these things are offended at the truth, really offended at their Savior and don't even know it. The only way that you and I can avoid being deceitfully deceived by our own fleshly self is that if we learn to become determined to know nothing other than that which exposes our prideful, selfish flesh and separates us from it, from its control and deceitful deception. I want you to know that. You better find ministers that are preaching and pointing to and proclaiming the righteousness of God, his ministers of righteousness. Because God has made our righteousness as our light. Get this now. You might need to write these scriptures down. Psalms 37, 6 says that he has made our righteousness as our light. Christ is our light. Christ is our righteousness. But only what he did that was declared from the cross being that righteousness, do we have light? Do we become light in him and light in this world? The only way God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, the path of righteousness, is if faith is coming through the righteousness of God and our Savior, the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ. See, it's unfortunate that the church doesn't know these things. And when they say they don't really need to, then they're just pretending and make-believing and hoping things works out with the hope the world has. But our hope doesn't have to be a worldly hope. Our hope can literally be in Jesus Christ and who he is and what he became for us 
the fruit of that, the characteristics of who he is being added to our lives while who we were in our flesh being stripped away, being stripped away. Amen. That's what the conforming process, the transforming process is all about. Less of me and more of him. Not I, but Christ now who lives in me. It's not an automatic thing. We're seeing here that I must be found by my God first partaking of the divine power through my faith in what he did as the nature of the Lamb, the Lamb of God slain for me, giving, yielding myself to that so that all these things that he is can be found more in my life because what my God is looking for is more of the fruit of who Christ is, not more of the fruit of who I am unless we're talking about who I am in him, but really it's the fruit of who he is in me. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Watch this now. It's a place of giving ourselves to. Amen. And the only let me say it before we move on. The only the only yielded place of a heart, the heart of man to God, is to that form of doctrine that was initially given to us. And anybody that would disagree needs to read Galatians chapter 3 that reveals that the church begins walking in the Spirit upon the hearing of faith, the faith of the Son of God, hallelujah, that justified us and can only justify our walk in the Spirit with fruit, hallelujah. Glory be to God. The moment they move the object of their faith for them, it was circumcision, but it can be anything, anything we're trusting in other than the death of Jesus. We're no longer walking in the Spirit. Most of those who think they have a, a, a corner on the market, uh, that they, they're all about walking in the Spirit, most of those today do not even understand what it means to walk in the Spirit. You took your first step as a child of God in the Spirit upon the hearing of faith, and the hearing of faith is tied to what you saw in your heart upon hearing the gospel, which was Christ crucified. Again, read Galatians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, and the Holy Spirit there goes on to say, do you, not, do, do you actually believe that having begun in the Spirit, that now you're going to experience perfection, this sanctification, this growth, these things added to your life through the flesh, the works of the flesh, through what you're doing, the works of the law, what you're doing? Do you actually believe that having begun in the Spirit by believing in the cross, that now you're going to see growth or deliverance or anything from the Lord through the works of your own hands, the works of the law? No, he goes on to write to the church in Galatia there and tells them in, in Galatians chapter 5, something you never hear preachers talking about because it's not a moneymaker. It's not a pew filler. But we're going to talk about it here because we hadn't got anything to lose. Hallelujah. When you've got something to lose as far as a lot of this and that to look at, you're going, you're, you're, listen, the love of money will come in and, and make you put that cross down. But when you realize you don't have anything to lose, 
skin and of this old world, you're going to tell the truth. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 5 is telling Christians that they can fall from grace. Doesn't mean they're losing their salvation. It means they're sep they've separated themselves from the one who called them into this grace. Means when you start, when I did for years trust in every fad that's brought into the church, oh yes, the cross, but also, no, the but also makes me fall from grace. That means I'm now fallen from the fruit bearing place. And listen, because you, this is why you never hear this, because the Bible actually says there in Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, and, and most Christians who've heard this don't even want to hear it no more. I'm telling you, because you need to hear it. It's one, of the, it's one of the billboards along this journey, this path of righteousness that never goes away. It's right there all the time. You can always look up, and there's this billboard right here, and we have many of those. But that's Christ... Christ, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, can no longer profit us, won't see these things, we'll be pretending and with a vain imagination pretending, but these things will not be being added to our lives if we fall from grace. The Bible says there in Galatians 5, 1 through 4, that you will fall from grace, that Christ will no longer profit you. That means there won't be, these things won't be being profited, added to your life. That he won't have any effect on you. That's what it says there in your Bibles. This is so real and so powerful and so scary and alarming, it's why you don't hear it. Because preachers are scared they're going to lose their pastorate, their buildings, their position, their legacy, their fame of their name, their money, their... You've got to preach and teach this. If you don't, you're going to answer for it, and the price is going to be great at the judgment seat of Christ. Hallelujah. It's going to be great. We must preach the gospel, and in our preaching the gospel, warning always comes as we teach, because if it doesn't, we're not really preaching and teaching the gospel. When you're showing people what's right, it automatically points to everything that's wrong. Now, let me say something about that. If I just get stuck on hammering uh, one person or one ministry all the time, there's probably some vengeance in that. There's probably vengeance in that. But I'm to be more focused on preaching and teaching the gospel that will bring with it the automatic warning of everything that's not the gospel. Amen. Amen. We have to be very careful that we are found warning of every false way. We've got we to make sure we're not, we're not calling something warning that, oh, it's warning, but it might be done, being done out of a hurt heart or a spiteful spirit. Now I just want to bring harm to people who've hurt me. Listen, I've been through I've been through that. I know what I'm talking about from my own self personally. And let me say this, if, as long as you're willing willing to deny self and take up your cross to follow Christ, I hate to break the bad news to you, but you're going to be hurt and hurt and hurt and hurt. And that's never going to stop heartbroken and heartbroken 
and heartbroken because you are bearing about the marks of your Savior in your own body. The hurt he experienced, you're going to experience. The pushing away, you're going to experience. But be very careful. Be very careful that what we're doing is not out of spite and vengeance, trying to retaliate and get back at somebody. Just preach and teach the gospel. And those who are humble and will receive it, God's going to put in our path. God's going to put in our path or someone else's path who is determined to know absolutely nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified from Genesis all the way through the, all of God's words of righteousness that are reconciling all the way through to the last verse in the book of Revelation. Praise be to God. Stay the course, my friend. Continue to fight the faith, the good fight of faith. Watch this now, verse 8. For if these things be in you, and really it is rendered if these things are yours, and really it could be rendered, since these things are yours, all this fruit is yours because you're joint heirs with Christ. Joint heirs with Christ. This is his fruit, the fruit of who he is, and you're joint heir with him. So you're an heir to being like him now. The Bible says we're like him now. As he is, we are like him now. That's a whole nother teaching. But watch this now. For if these things be in you and abound, if you are in this process of progress of the Holy Spirit adding these things to you because you are being profited and affected by Christ because you are maintaining your faith in the death of Jesus instead of everything else. Matter of fact, you're not even going to sit there and listen to that other stuff. You're not going to sit there and listen to it. I remember getting up and leaving a service one time. Somebody called me over somewhere a few miles from here to preach and when I, I thought I was going to preach a revival. When I got there, it was during the day on a Saturday and when I got there, I found out they had a whole line of ministers who were going to have 30 minutes segments all day. I got up and did my 30 minute preaching of the cross. And when I got through, I sat down and the next minister got up and handed out these pieces of paper. And when I saw what it was, which is a, a bunch of places for you to check off so you could find out what your spiritual gift was, I went up and told the preacher, then invite me. I'll see you somewhere. I'll see you around, my friend. I got to go. And I got out of there. You're not going to sit there and listen to these, these ministers that are not pointing you using the word of God to the cross of Christ, the Lamb. You're not going to do it. You, it not, not, not when you're learning to become determined to know nothing else. You're not going to sit there and listen to them boast in Pentecost and boast in this and boast in their denomination and boast and boast and boast in everything but the Lamb of God. You're just not going to do it. And again, you got to be willing to lose your life to find Christ's life. You got to be willing to lose your life. You thought that was just a born again initial thing? No. Oh no. Denying self and taking up cross is a consistent, continual, habitual, moment by moment losing 
my life through faith in his death to experience and manifest his life. That's right. That's right. And everything that we need to learn, which is all the words of God in our Bibles, will come through our focus of the Lamb. But watch this. It's, I, 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 I've got to quit here in about four or five minutes, so let's get this verse 8 in, and, and we might have to start here again next Monday morning. But watch. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me ask this question. At the end of a Bible study, can you say you've learned Christ? At the end of a worship service, can you say you've learned Christ? Because that is why we are here as Christians, to learn Christ and to express Christ. Not to talk about our preacher, not to talk about our denomination, not to talk about our this or that, to boast in Christ and His finished work and to share the life that flows only out of faith in that one object. Are we really learning Christ? The Bible here says that we will not be unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ if these things are abounding in us. That means if the Holy Spirit is able to work these things and bring the profit of Christ, the effect of Christ, which is the increase of who Christ is in our lives, that we will not be unfruitful or barren in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And let me add this before I close. When there is an increase of the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, there is going to be an increase of our desire to and of our sharing the Lord Jesus Christ. The focus of our conversations is going to make it to the Lord Jesus Christ. Our, our messages, I've said it for 18 years, God forbid I stop saying it. There can be 10,000 sermons, but the message in every sermon must be Christ in him crucified. The focus is not there if the cross is not involved. There is no focus. There's blindness. There is no clarity without the cross. Not just Christ. There is no clarity. There is no vision without a focus of the Lamb. The people perish where there is no vision. And the New Testament says the only place of perishing is when we're not receiving the preaching of the cross because we think it's foolish to have to have that all the time. To me, now, is that is foolish. So I want to encourage you today there is the thrust of the Holy Spirit to awaken His church from a slumber and a place of spiritual death. There, there is a mighty thrust now. 
And God is raising up ministers who are learning to moment by moment to be found striving together for the faith of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ through the preaching of the cross, the power and the wisdom of our God. And I hope that you are a part of that. And if you're not, today is the day that God desires you make your final decision to be a part of this last day's move of God. It's been God's move throughout 2,000 years. Most of the church has missed it. I'm talking about those who've been born again, saved on their way to heaven, they've missed the move of God. They've missed it. Look at what's being preached today. Is it what you've heard this morning? Or is it pointing you to other things? The choice is yours. You have been given by God a place to give all diligence to, the cross of Christ. And I pray that God would have his way in your life. Those of you who are struggling and you're in a place where you hear these teachings and you know they're right, but then comes that word, but, I pray that God would take that but away. Whatever that but is, those other things you're holding more dear and more precious than the giving of yourself completely to the truth of the cross, you would Find the Holy Spirit giving you power to count all that loss. It's been robbing you anyway and dumb so that you can move on. I pray for those of you who are struggling in your physical bodies that today the Lord would be found by you comforting you and giving you great peace and joy in your hearts while you await his faithful hands to heal your body. Hallelujah. He's preparing to come for his bride. I hope you're preparing to meet him. If the Lord stirs your heart to be a part of this ministry, pray for us as we pray for you. If you are learning and eating from the table here at Crossway Church, I ask you to pray about supporting this ministry, giving the Lord an offering for what he's doing for you through this ministry. You can easily do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. I love you. And I pray that you would be found in this process of progress. I'll see you later. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.